The opinions expressed in this episode are solely those of the individual podcasters and do not represent the views of the Remedial Film Class podcast, most especially the opinions of Travis. Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm Peter. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know that you're Peter. I had you pegged <laughs> very hard. You might be Flyboy. As a Roger. I'm not going to put you to Flyboy status. No. But you're a Roger if you're a, if you're a person. Wow. Well then, I'm Roger. I'm the uh, leader of the. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, uh, George, you're gonna need to get your head screwed on. Yeah, because it's not just my <laughs> life we're playing with here. We've got to discuss Dawn of the Dead from 1978, not the 2004 remake. Is this the movie, like the next George this Romero, is like that a came sequel out? to Night of the Living Dead? It's ten years later. He did other stuff in between. But not not like zombie stuff. Not zombie stuff necessarily. Not like, not canon, not canon zombie stuff. But like Arrow recently did a release of his movies that took place between Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. And it was called Between Night and Dawn. So, you know, Mm. he did some stuff, but really he did night and then he did stuff and then he did dawn. Okay. So we're in the midst of our second break. Since we started the show, we had a fall break mm-hmm. where we sent you to Crystal Lake over and over and over. And then we sent you to hell <laughs> and space. And it was like, space. yep. I mean, I'm pretty sure we violated the Geneva Convention at one point. And, and New York. <laughs> went to New York. I mean, briefly. There was a lot of Vancouver. Right. Which was hell, wasn't it? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. So we went back to the normal academia. And then we thought you needed a break because we'd been working you too hard, making you watch good movies. And so we're now on our spring break, which is a spring outbreak as we kind of pave the road between Night of the Living Dead and your favorite, The Walking Dead. And so in our second edition (laughs) of The Outbreak, we are watching Dawn of the Dead, the second Romero zombie movie. and. To many people's opinion, the pinnacle of the zombie genre, at least up until Walking Dead integrated the soap (laughs) opera formula. I was going to say, I don't know if Walking Dead is my favorite, but it's it's what I've had the most exposure to in the zombie world. Well, to be fair, it's it's your frame of reference. So and I think it's a good frame yes, of reference. Yes. Not saying it's like garbage. I have watched nine seasons of it. It can't be garbage. But no, I mean, like your your frame frame of reference will be Shaun of the Dead and Walking Dead. Now, Shaun of the Dead is a homage to Romero films, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of Shaun in these movies. But Shaun did it better in a way. Whoa. Oh yeah. Uh, in my Whoa. opinion. Like, their love of Romero 
definitely shows. Yes, yes. definitely. So standing on the shoulders of greats, right? For sure. And Walking Dead, like when you watch this movie, you can see a lot of Walking Dead influence from it. Like they they picked a lot of the. You mean like you see a lot of this in influencing Walking Dead? Like yeah, they've, obviously they've they've referenced a lot of the Romero uh, trope in their show, yes. but they've yes. done it on a more serious level. Sure. Yes. But it's still there. Because Nicotera is a huge fan of Romero, obviously. Yes. Now, George, we had some trouble last time <laughs> convincing you that Night of the Living Dead was worth maybe a second watch. Yeah. Have you reconsidered your opinions? Uh, have you come to see the light, my friend? Like, have I watched it a second time? Yeah. Did you show your wife, your kid, your neighbors? No, no. Hang your TV out the window so the neighbors can watch? (laughs) No. It's public domain. (laughs) You can actually probably do that. Yes. Oh, that's true. We can play that. We can stream that. Yeah, we can stream (laughs) it. Ah. Interesting. How do you do that, though, with the, like, because, I mean... Individual companies put a lot of work into their version of the print. Do you have to get like a raw right. print? I don't know. To make it fully public domain? I tried to direct the stage play version of Night of the Living Dead and I had to jump through hoops and rights because of somebody owns the stage play rights. So you mm. have to pay for that. But the movie, I think, is fair game. Can you make a different interpretation of the movie based on the shooting script? Probably. Interesting. Whatever the company is that you have to rent the rights to do a stage play, they own it. Because I have, I've sat down, I have a whole book of set designs and everything, but then I was like, man, it's going to cost me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's a, it's a good story. The original is a good story for a stage play because it all happens inside the house. Yeah. This, not so much. This would be tough to do. This no. would be a yeah. difficult <laughs> stage production. I would really like to see like the gun shop wheeled out as like uh, mobile sets, <laughs> you know, by a bunch of people all in black on dollies. Yeah. It would have to be a musical though to distract from all the rolling. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sure it can be done. It looks like it. I did spend the majority of the last couple of days trying to convince George that this actually had musical numbers and choreography. <laughs> I'm really hoping he bought it hook, line, and zombie sinker. Were you expecting some kind of number? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> no, because when you guys talk about these movies, you don't include me, usually. Right. No. and That so was completely by the, mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the ridiculousness that was going back and forth between you two about this movie, I was right. like, there's no way this is true. But yeah. There is a dancing number at the beginning of Shaun of the Dead, though. And then at the end. Is there really? Did I forget about I that? I started watching it with my sister the other day, and I forgot. She's like, what, is, what are they doing? Like, the, the opening credits, all the people before they're dead, mm. they're doing that walk. Yeah, And they're all kind of like yes. the zombie walk. I always thought it was just part of the theme song. They're kind of like, dancing. Just... And then they get the queen stuff at the end where they're completely dancing. Right. But it fits. Sure does. It fits. Yeah. It's all about the attitude of the filmmaker. You can make it fit. You can also try and fail miserably. Luckily, George Romero <laughs> did not try to add musical numbers, choreography, or hardcore inserts into Dawn of the Dead. I don't think any of those would have helped the movie. So it's 1978, 
We've got blood. We've got color. We've got headshots and headshots and headshots. But you need them. Well, you know those video games. Kabloom. But we weren't we weren't that violent, and we had that shit going on. It's about as violent as video games. Well, you were like two years out of Vietnam, so right. So I mean, turns out violence permeated the culture long before Sub Zero ripped a spine out of Mofo. That's true. So it turns out. So George, yes, sir. This is your first dance with Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Do you have some initial impressions? Maybe not a full notes explosion, um, but you know, I don't some initial. I don't have a, I don't have a full notes explosion. Hit me with um, like an initial impression, like a pre notes kind of situation. In the beginning, I thought they're doing a really good job of portraying chaos, just chaos the entire time. I got to the point where I thought. I think I might have been like 16 minutes in, and I was like, "Is this like gonna be two hours of chaos?" <laughs> that would be so. They had just enough. Yeah, mm. it would be exhausting the if they did another minute of that. But yes, yeah. it was chaotic. And then, as I see the you know, as I see the plot develop, these four characters, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, they're all getting in the in the uh, twirly bird, and this is what the movie's gonna center around." I like this. Yeah, they make their way and. You know, I thought that I thought immediately this is more more what I expect from a zombie movie, mm. right? And I I was interested, like at the end, I thought like you know this movie like wasn't perfect, you know, it had some like some some strengths and some weaknesses or whatever, but like I can see how the genre is like progressing, progressing right, in a positive way, like in a way that's like making me real excited. Yeah. Phew. All right. I guess we can actually publish this episode then. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) Uh, I'm not worried about convincing you, Travis. I'm only worried about George. I know. He's the star of the show. I have stuff. I have stuff. There's lots of stuff you don't like. Uh, I I have stuff to unload, but we'll, we'll allow it to. Breathe within the podcast. Now, earlier, before we hit the big red button there, George, you mentioned that you'd noticed Dario Argento's name in the credits, and I said, shh, we're going to talk about that. Well, now's the time yes. we're going to talk about that. So, you noticed Dario Argento's name in the credits. Did you notice where he appears? No. Did you notice any other Argentos popping up in the credits? I did. I did. Do you have any idea why was... those guys would be all up in your American movies? <laughs> Probably because they were... Like just copying off of something Italian? No. I mean, or maybe they got banished by Italy and like they had to come here for like. I believe it was a collaboration. Oh. It was like a co financing deal. If you notice, there was a lot more money around, even though really it's still, you know, George Romero rocking out the Pittsburgh crowd. Like he hasn't moved to Hollywood Mm -hmm. and sold out, but he does have a lot Mm -hmm. more money to play with and a lot of that has to do with him securing italian co-financing now Mm. as part of that deal dario argento got final cut for the european market so what that means is there is a completely different although a lot the same but still substantially different version of this movie that played all over italy and the rest of mainland europe called zombie okay so there you go uh it's darker 
it doesn't have all the fun like catalog music stuff from the mall you know the mm-hmm. totally inappropriate for the scene that's happening music from this movie i thought that was entertaining actually oh it's so funny yeah. and so good like it's not just comedic <laughs> but it's like it's saying something but mm-hmm. in europe they were like ah, that's stupid let's just make it scary all the time gotcha did you notice in the final credits who uh was credited with some of the music at least in this print Mm. It was a band no, called uh, The Goblins with Dario Argento. Ah, so they didn't even yeah. get the name of the band right in the American credits. But uh, yeah, Goblin did a lot of the music. They real dun 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 that kind of music is all okay. Goblin, and then with some input from Dario Argento. Okay, yeah, and there's a third cut of this cool. movie that's longer. Significantly, significantly than the one you watched today imagine that and it's all it's like two and a half it's a lot and it's mostly dialogue and it's like stuff that really needed like a take two and they just never got it so they just cut it right out okay but it means that you missed some of my favorite lines from Dawn of the Dead <laughs> and I'm so sorry that you'll never know that they'd be stuck we'd be stuck we'd be stuck and I'm also very sorry that you'll never know how many brothers Peter lost down there. Are any of you leaving people behind? You, Peter? Some brothers. There's real brothers? You know, real brothers or street brothers? Both. And real ones. So, I'm sorry. You're just never going to know. Okay. Yeah. It's very sad. <laughs> I do not own the three-hour version. <laughs> it's I good. mean, you could, you could just tell me. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a better movie without the dialogue bits, but it is charming in a way much like an independent film should be with the extra stuff in it. It's slower. It's less well-paced. It really didn't ever need to be in the cut to begin with, but I've heard he's, he was rushed to try to get the film to Cannes to sell it, so he just threw one together, showed it at Cannes, and then went back later and cut out more stuff. And then what we watched today was the theatrical cut that had you been able to find a theater in the 70s that was playing an unrated movie, you could have seen this movie. Hmm. Cool. So it is unrated. It is unrated. George, what does that mean? Unrated means that the MPC and MPAA... The MPYMCA? ...had, had no, uh, <laughs> I don't know, no input. Didn't have to be uh, submitted to them for, for cutting out all the uh, all the entrails and... All the blood and guts and gore. Some would tell you that this was the first movie in danger of being X-rated for violence. Now, that's not true. Uh, there have no, been a lot of movies bad. threatened with that. But it would have been X-rated if they had released it. <clears throat> it would not have passed with an R. Hmm. So, they released it unrated, which nowadays is box office just gold suicide. Because AMC... And these other huge companies, they they won't show an unrated movie in like corporate theaters. They haven't for ever. Yeah. But back in the seventies, late seventies, you could get away with places like Forty Second Street in New York showing all kinds of weird foreign films, art house stuff, and an unrated zombie movie called Dawn of the Dead. That's awesome. See, that's why I like the internet because, like, you know, nothing is rated. That's how life should be. Word. I mean, content guides are good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But like, you know, have you ever listened to like, you know, this 
edited censored version of like a system of a down uh, album it's like well, like what's the point like my mom bought me a copy of a limp biscuit <laughs> cd at sam's club which i was already kind of on the fence about because ugh. but yeah back then i don't know if they still do this but walmart and sam's club sold edited versions yeah it's like what's the point cds and so it was it was break stuff but without all the f words yeah and it was like a Bad song made worse. It's like, could you imagine like a Rage Against the Machine album censored? It would be like, it would be like, <laughs> would be like watching be really... a Sam Kinison stand-up comedy routine cut for TV. Yeah. It just, it doesn't work. Right. The first censorship uh, like discussion, the big discussion that I remember was Eminem. Mm. That was like the first time I was really like, yo, screw censorship. Like I almost got suspended for wearing a Bart Simpson t-shirt to school. Mm. And I remember NWA coming out and that was that's when the explicit sticker mm, came out. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I know about that. Tipper Good Gore. Times. Yeah, Tipper, Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore. Thanks Tipper. Word. And Ozzy. I remember Ozzy <sighs> being a big thing. Yep. Way before Marilyn Manson. That instrumental Frank Zappa album that's got the sticker. Watch out. Hmm. His notes are offensive. <laughs> Parental <laughs> advisory. Oh, man. Anyways, what were we talking about? So you were right at the beginning about the chaos. Now, I hadn't seen this movie in a couple of years. This movie kind of languished. We're referring to Dawn of the Dead, not uh, any of those other things we just went off on a tangent <laughs> about. Dawn of the Dead didn't really have a great run on Blu-ray. On DVD, it had a heck of a cool special edition with all the cuts and all these special features. And then on at least American Blu-ray, there was like one edition and it, it was fine. But it had one cut and eh, on special features. Well, just recently, a, a British company put out an amazing superset in 4K with all the special features and like six different discs because why not? Mm. So got that a few months ago popped it in, and this was probably November, right? So we're still at the height of all these fun things we've been living through the past year. Mm. And I'm watching these guys yell at each other about whose study is better and who's got the right science and all this stuff live on TV, and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to watch this movie today. Oh, dude, I thought like, the same thing. I thought the same thing. If Night of the Living Dead is March of 2020, Dawn of the Dead is October, November of 2020, like leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's just like, (laughs) in about a year. (laughs) Hey, you know, (laughs) optimism reigns around here. Right. Learn to use a crossbow. That's all I'm saying. I like that Will Smith plays a virologist. It's a great movie. We're we're probably going to watch it. We should. Uh, You don't want to watch it? You don't want to watch it? We just watched that Uh, debauchery. You don't want to watch I Am Legend? (laughs) Oh, excuse yourself, Chad. <laughs> Whoa, the truth comes out. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my. I want to hear all of Travis's problems with this movie. You know you don't. Yeah, I do. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me the uh give me the high points. Um, I was very disappointed in in Tom Savini. The, which we haven't is even the... talked about Tom Savini. What's that? We haven't even talked to George about okay. Tom Savini. Well, his name was in the credits. 
All right, don't don't come back to me yet. Savini's <laughs> a uh, special effects artist, yeah. right? Hey, so George, did you notice that uh, a familiar name uh, was in the credits, uh, Mister Tom Savini? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hadn't. Um, now that that's a fellow you might have heard of because he invented the entire gory slasher genre. Essentially, with Friday the 13th. Savini, was that the guy that was in Vietnam and yes. likes his effects to make him feel uncomfortable like when he was in Vietnam? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he did- I remember him. He did this. He basically created Jason mm-hmm. and did the special effects for two, three, mm-hmm. uh, not two. Yeah. Three. One and four. One and four, not three, because no one likes oh, three. Oh, four was good. Yeah, one and four. Four was good effects. And then they kind of used his ideas as the jumping off point jumping for everything off else. Jumping off point for everything cool. else, yeah. But you'll, you'll learn about him in Creepshow. You'll learn about him in a lot of movies we're going to watch because okay. he's kind of iconic. So in this movie in particular, <clears throat> this was my impression. The blood was too pink. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everywhere. It was Purp- like I think way- it was almost purpose. On purpose. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, here's a funny backstory on that because I, I don't love trivia, but in this case, it's warranted. Uh, <laughs> because I said so. You need a Cliff Clavin uh, voice. <laughs> the uh, the blood they used for this movie was created by 3M, the corporation, marketed as movie blood. Mm-hmm. So the producers insisted they buy it because it was made by 3M, a good company. Okay. And it exposed really pink. And actually, the version you're watching is color corrected. To be less pink. Mm. The version I first saw in high school, like pirated off of an old VHS tape, it looked like (laughs) Ghostbusters 2. Oh, God. Mm. Like it was like magenta. It wasn't even magenta. It was pink. Mm. It looked like bubblegum falling out of people's eyes. And as you know, the thing is, it creates a certain ambiance with the movie that makes it a little less gross. And then when it gets really gross, it's like shockingly gross because the rest of the time it's just like, oh, it's that bad guy from Ghostbusters 2. He's coming out of the painting. Mm. So it's it's a, an there interesting experience for you. What you're seeing is a slightly colored corrected version. And then now it's it's more red in the later releases. But there's something about Pink Blood that like it's weird enough of an out, outlier that it's like, uh, what the hell am I looking at? But yeah. that doesn't make it bad. The pink blood reminded me of a Jallo. I don't know why. Yeah, that it's like the, well, that. Jallos have a real fake blood, like bright red quality in this era. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, it works to like emphasize. It's almost like a um, like a Sin City kind of Zack Snyder movie, like heightened reality kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas real fake, like real looking, realistic fake blood that you'd see in a Friday the 13th movie. There's no fun there. Like, but it takes, when it's, it kind of takes me, it's almost like breaking the fourth wall. It takes me out of it when it's not realistic. You mean the movie with the pie fight and zombies took you out of the movie? Oh, I, I don't blood? even know if I got to that point. <laughs> I don't even, Did you not watch the whole movie? Trent? No, I, I watched it. I know about the pie yeah, thing. I know about that. I, I just was not... They lost me very early, and I really tried. Wow. Like I believe one of those two statements. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, was, I was already done when, I guess, the asshole SWAT guys took out the people in the apartment building. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, the makeup is terrible. Oh, the, that headshot! The head, the exploding are head is amazing. It's so bad. The gray, blue, like it just. Oh my god! I I thought I was watching, uh, a cartoon at some point, and I was just find like, me a better exploding head prior to nineteen seventy eight. Scanners, maybe, dude. Or was that early? That later. I love that. Has I love how later. Dan like has like a specific challenge with specific qualifiers. I love it. <laughs> but you know what? That exploding head eighty one scanners eighty one was great. But I didn't give a shit because it was so bad. Like everything else was so bad. Like you were five minutes into. A I movie. know, but their eyes like there was just nothing scary about You're it. You're never gonna n- get through Death Walks on high heels. Yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> I, the opening scene. You're gonna eject it. And hand it back to George. It was just too much. It was like so obnoxious. The chaos stuff in the beginning was cool. It was, it was. I I was in it there. Mm -hmm. Uh, the character development of the SWAT guys, the 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 Pete and and what's the other guy's name? Steve? No, Peter and Roger. Roger, and uh, I kind of like who's Steve? I don't know. Where did Steve come from? Steven is Flyboy. Flyboy Steve. Oh, yeah. His name's Steve. Steven. 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 He's very Steven. Yeah, he would <laughs> be a proper. Steven. He is very Steven. I like Flyboy. Um, yeah, you probably do. I just, I got taken out. The zombies were just too corny looking. I they think were the, very blue. I think the movie would have probably played a lot better if it stayed black and white. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It, it would have I been. I thought, actually, I had the same thought. And it was like about the the skin tone of all mm-hmm. the zombies. All the zombies are blue. I was like, that's kind of weird, but okay. Um, the blood would have looked a lot better if right. it just wasn't colored. Um, the chomping stuff, like it, there was no pull on it. Like they they would bite someone's neck or arm, and it looked like they were just biting into a piece of cake. There was no, there was no. Oh, dude, pull that on neck it. bite at the beginning mm-hmm. where the guy walks up to his wife, his wife or he's, girlfriend. Yeah. He's the zombie. That makes me cringe every Why? time I watch this movie. I thought that was a because good it's bite. Just it was empathy a good bite, pain. But you the... see the stretch of the latex and the ooh, yeah, that's gross. That's a gross one. No, it's just like the, their eyes don't look any different. They don't look like zombies. They look like people. They look like yeah, actors that are like looking at you. Like I, there was no. And it's part of where I've come from. Like I enjoy zombie movies, but I I think I'm not a fan of the older ones. And yeah. so, George, should I tell Travis that the zombies were people pretty recently? Do you think yes. he knows that? He probably knows that. Wait, what? Okay, I didn't want to update he's him. Like, <laughs> he says, "Should I tell Travis that the zombies were people? I know they were very people. recently. <laughs> <laughs> I they." There was no, in my mind, there was no change. Let's put it that way. I didn't feel a change. I think it depended on the actor, too. Okay. There was, or the, no. dir- the director kind of made, there maybe I'm not some, a fan of George Mar- Romero. There were some zombies that, I, I agree with you, what I'm saying. Right. So, I agree with you. Some of the zombies looked like they were just like, it's like, dude, what are you doing? You're supposed to paycheck. be acting like a zombie. Yeah. And they're not. And then there was other zombies that were like acting like zombies. Like, you can clearly tell that's a zombie. I sat here and watched the end with George, and I couldn't help but not laugh. I, I held it back. That nurse needed to be fired. Like, the, the chick walking around as a nurse <laughs> needed to be fired. They should not have paid her. Yeah. Terrible. Like, she took, she took the Frankenstein thing, and she 
played it to the back of the room. Like, I was just like, oh my god, is she seriously going to walk like Frankenstein the whole time? That's kind of how zombies walk. Eh, I mean, nah. the guy, <laughs> the guy playing Steven, <laughs> the best zombie gave, in the movie, gave it. He he did he did it on the night. Like he, <laughs> he might be the best zombie yes. in all of the movies. Yes, the like Steven's zombie foot. walk is fantastic, beautiful. Although I I still have a problem. I know I know Romero is the godfather of zombie movies, but I still have a problem with the abilities, the climbing the ladders. No. Waiting for each other to climb the ladder, like being polite. No, right? They just swarm it. That's what swarm it. To they. Do. I was waiting for that ladder to get knocked over. I'm like, they should just be swarming. There should be no thought. These guys are carrying guns. The one guy's staring at a barrel the whole time. Like, I just <laughs> that I, was supposed to be comical. I think. I, it, okay, but I, <laughs> I, I hated it because of the the reputation of this movie. Everybody's always said, this is the pinnacle of zombie movies. If you're going to watch zombie, watch Dawn of the Dead. And I'm like, okay. It was so good. They, it's not. Shaun of the Dead actually did a play on the name. You know, everybody talks about how many times they referenced Dawn of the Dead in, in Walking Dead and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. I'm well-versed enough on horror movies to know the imagery of, Shaun of, the, of Dawn of the, Dead, mm-hmm. of the Dead, but I never actually sat down and watched from beginning to end. I've seen all the imagery. I've seen the, the dead. Sounds like you still didn't make it from beginning to end. I saw the dead Roger. I saw the dead <laughs> Steven. What do you mean? I, I, I watched it, but I hated <laughs> okay. it. All right. He just checked out while he was watching there it. There was just all. a bunch of times where I'm just like, fuck. Like, I literally was angry at George Romero. I was angry at him, and I, I was angry at the fact- How dare you create a genre I love and do it in a way I don't agree with? <laughs> no, I'm like, <laughs> how dare you be terrible at this? No, see, I, I kind of like <laughs> see both of your points. Like, you know, I, I've already said it. Like, I, I'm excited to see where this goes because I I liked this better than the than last week. You know, I- so I, I like can last see. Week more. I can see where it's going. Right. Right, right. right. And I, and I'm excited that it's going that way. Mm-hmm. You know, there was more. I don't know. Like Dan for, nailed it when he said it's, it's RoboCop meets Clerks. <laughs> 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 Everything that was wrong with RoboCop was wrong with this movie. Yeah. Everything that was wrong with Clerks was wrong with this movie. Everything that was endearing about Clerks was endearing about this movie. Hi, this is Dan in post. I told George that this was a combination of RoboCop and Clerks, just as I was telling him that there were musical numbers and hardcore inserts. I was just messing with his expectations because I know he wasn't a huge Clerks fan and he wasn't a huge RoboCop fan, and I was worried we'd oversold the movie as this epic pinnacle of zombiedom, which it still is. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. This is still the best one. But I didn't realize that I was actually working against Travis the whole time. <sighs> I guess I tricked him. Back to the show. Yeah, I think this movie is somewhere in the middle. I'm not yeah. sure if this is like the pinnacle, although like obviously who am I? I've seen like three zombie movies. <laughs> but like I can see that it's moving in a certain direction, mm-hmm. which I like because, you know, I've seen newer zombie stuff and I like it. So right. I can see it moving towards that and it's kind of exciting to see where it goes. But, you know, I understand your side too that like, you know, it's not there yet. I was angry. I know. Like I, I wanted to love it. Yeah. And the more I watched, I'm like, what? This is the first time you watched it straight from beginning through. to end, straight through. Yeah. 
I spent the entire week trying to lower George's expectations, <laughs> and I should have been trying to lower your expectations, someone, Travis. Someone but I thought you'd have. seen it before. I was, I was so Dan. I was angry. Like, <laughs> I, I think I kicked a dog. I was so angry, what? and I don't even have. I, a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a dog, so I don't know what I kicked. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I've been want I've wanted to be a special effects artist since I was probably eight years old. I've seen thousands of horror movies. I will never watch this movie again. Oof. Ever. Brutal. The remake is at least watchable because it's up to date visually. The characters are more developed. That would be nice. But it's the not char- the classic. The, 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 hold on, hold on. Did you, did you say the characters in the Dawn of the Dead remake are better developed than the characters in this movie? Yes, and that's not saying much. <laughs> uh, there was, there was zero character development in this movie. No, a little bit. All right, a little what? bit. There's a little bit. You had some. You had a little thing going between Roger and Peter. They were like, although they did oh, look you- at each other a lot. You know, like the, you know how when you look at someone, you're both thinking the same thing. They just did that a lot. SWAT guy, man. There's SWAT just time. too much, too much corny comedy with the zombies, like falling in the pool, the pie fight. Fucking what? Seriously, they're putting pie pie, pies in the face. The motorcycle guys, all ridiculous. Yes. I, now I can see where The Walking Dead kind of got the idea for yes. the, for the yes. Negan group yes. from that movie. You can see where it's going, and doesn't that Absolutely. make you excited? No. Okay. No, I'm excited <laughs> about where we're going, yes, but I'm not excited about what I just watched. Like, I, I was angry, and I don't know how to, I don't even know how to, I know people are going to be so mad at me because I'm saying this, because I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to like the classics, but... Yeah. God. See, what you the know, motorcycle gang did for me was it established that the people are actually more dangerous than the zombies. Yeah. Bingo. And they kind of established That's, that even with the SWAT guy in the very beginning. Like, he's running yeah, around. Yes. Yes. You know, he thinks it's but, the OK Corral. And he's right. like, yeah. But that was a group. That mm-hmm. was a, you know, yes. a and, horde of people that were like, you know, all they all they would do is like wreck shit. Yeah, and that's like even worse than zombies. And that's something that continues through the genre. Yeah, and it's actually established in Night of the Living Dead. It, we've it al- is. We've always established that people are worse than the, than the monsters. Yes. So, At the very end, I think we established that. Well, they establish that with the the group with the guns who shoot Ben, but they also establish it with the guy with the family in the basement. Like the whole time, you don't know if he's ever. You can never trust him. Right. So they oh, they establish very early in the genre that people suck, zombies are slow. Yeah. F- fight. Yeah, the dead I think for the difference living. between the uh, the the guy with the family in the basement and a group of bikers right. is that as an individual you can be weak mm-hmm. and you can be you like slimy, but like if people really want to, they can be horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, and being weak in a point of stress is not so bad. Not as bad as just being a terrible person and, you know, teaming up with a bunch of other terrible people to do terrible things. And what's funny is that's, 
that's what Kirkman basically built his comic book on. Yes, and that's, and that's why it's so beautiful. Right, and what's funny is that's great development. They are able to create 10 to 15 groups for a a 12-year series. Yeah. And every group is a little different, but they all have the same, you know, basis. Yep. And to me, I get that, and I, I was fine with that. To me, execution was my problem with this movie. It wasn't the story. Yeah. It was execution. I get the whole going to the mall and the consumer you know, undertones and all that yeah. 80s bullshit, uh, you know, late 70s, early 80s bullshit about people. I get that, but it just, it takes you out of the movie when you're watching comedy and you're supposed to be watching horror. I just, and they had already lost me even before they started falling in in the mall in the pond. Like, I was almost waiting for ducks to swim by and sit on their head. Like, I was just... Anything that was going to happen, I would have been like, yep, <laughs> there's the ducks. <laughs> and they're, they're sitting on his head, and it's going, wah, wah, wah. Like, to me, I, nothing would have been out of the realm. And that's not what I want in my horror movies. I get that it's fun, but, yeah. Okay. Lost me. And it, it started with the effects. I, even, even when that cool scene where... Uh, Pete almost gets shot when they're in the convenience store, I think. Yes. And that was a great exchange, and then Roger kept stepping in and knocking Steven out of the way. And yes. You know, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But then it's it, it took me totally out with the the, the Argyle or the uh, plaid shirt-wearing zombie with the hamburger on his face and the eyeball that's on his cheek instead of... Like, it was... The effects were bad, and mm. it was worse because... It bothered me because I knew it was Tom Savini, and I'm like, "Ooh, that's that's my hero, that's my idol," and he's so the zombie that they put on the poster and all of the box art for this movie mm-hmm. for 50 years, yeah, didn't do it for you. Not in the movie, in the artwork, it looks great. I don't know what it was. It was almost like uh, there's a scene in T2 where Arnold is part robot, part Arnold. Mm-hmm. and half his face is gone. It bothered me the whole time that that red eye was not moving when his other eye was moving. <laughs> like, it was just stationary. And that's that's a multi-million dollar budget. That's that's my other idol, Stan Winston. Mm-hmm. That's Stan Winston Studios. That is top-notch James Cameron bullshit. And I watched that movie, and I'm like, what is up with the eye, and why isn't it moving? Maybe it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> it was lit up. <laughs> The effects in this movie, I thought that the entrails were good. Yeah. Oh, the guts are yeah, great. The good guts, guts are good. The exploding head is fantastic. Yes. I'm not, I'm, I will die on that hill. That is, <laughs> I mean. I hear you. They had some good stuff. And that's, that's an effect you see used multiple times. Scanners steals the implementation, but does it in a different way. Right. Maniac, Tom Savini, does it to himself, mm-hmm. which is hilarious uh, to think that he would set up an effect of himself. Now, the iconic uh, machete head kill is in this movie. Yes, and, it is. And it looks great. Yep. And he uses yeah, it Yeah, uh, now, that's one thing to connect to our Friday the 13th movies. Now, George, the mustachioed, machete-wielding biker guy mm-hmm. who does the machete to the face, do you recognize that guy at all? Should I? 
That's Tom Savini, bro. What? <laughs> That's Tom Savini. Yeah, Tom Savini is the like mustachioed, machete-wielding biker guy. Oh, word. Later to be sex yeah. machine. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. Not there yet. But That's the guy with be. the comb, right? He's combing his mustache? Yes, combs his mustache with a switchblade comb, and he uses the machete, and machete's a man in the face. Nice. And then just a couple years later, when he gets the, the role that's going to change his whole career, the primary weapon used to decapitate Mrs. Voorhees is the machete. machete of course. And that's not an accident. Like, no. Yeah. So you got the roots of Friday the 13th in here, too. Absolutely. I love it. Can but, we talk about the splatter? But wait, I, don't, I, I know we're not going to be able to tag or, you know, at Tom Savini because of all the bullshit I just said. <laughs> I am probably the biggest Tom Savini fan. Like, yeah. literally, if there was pictures on my wall when I was a kid, it was Tom Savini pictures. Like, it, it wasn't... Was he wearing a shirt, or...? It didn't matter. Like, he, I was <laughs> such a fan. So, again, not even realize he did... the Back then, I didn't see this, so I didn't put two and two together, but I watched this one, and it just angered me that it was him. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know if that... That kind of adds did to he, my anger. Did he do stuff before this that was better than this? Or was he like... This was like one of his first... Right, so things, yeah. it was... So he w- <clears throat> What I'm saying is maybe he wasn't like the Tom Savini you know yet. No, I know. He had to make this movie to get this is all to where true. he's at. But it's Now, something I don't think that Travis has expressed enough appreciation <laughs> for, and George, I don't know if you've thought about this yet, the scale of this movie versus the crew and budget of this movie is way out of whack. And it's that scale that's going to lead you to decisions like, well, we've already bought all this 3M blood. We have to use it even if it looks kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Down to, we've got to make 150 zombies with four makeup artists and we have to have it ready for when the mall closes at 7 so we can all film until 7 when the mall opens again. Mm. Clerks, right? clerks rules. Yeah. It's independent yeah. cinema, man. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that I don't know that we're ever going to convince Travis of the merits of independent cinema. Just as mm. I'm never going to try to get Travis to listen to the early live Bob Dylan bootlegs, <laughs> right? <laughs> the man does he he demands polish, and without polish, he is unpleased, and that's fine. <laughs> that's not true. He is There's unpleased. A, there, there are many independent films that were made with peanuts that I liked. I don't know the name right three. Now. Go. That's a great word. I would have to see a list of low budget <laughs> films, and I'd be like, "Well, <laughs> Halloween's one of them." I mean, Halloween was what a hundred and or is it three hundred thousand? Halloween is a low budget Hollywood movie, but it is by no means like no. It's not on the scale. Definitely, it's not, not on scale. that scale, especially for a cast of like seven people. Yeah, and a bunch of outdoor locations they got for free. I I know. I I just. I hate when you say that because I get that. I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> but it doesn't, it, in my mind, it doesn't compute because I've done things on a budget. Yeah, you're just like, and just, I'm like, just, just do it right. Just do it right. Like, find, a, find another investor corn, to get more money. Corn syrup and do is it not right. that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you know it doesn't look right, don't feel like, well, add something to the 3M blood. Had some food coloring. I don't know, but it yeah. looks like it looks like the the shit underneath New York City in Ghostbusters Two. You're so right. Okay, okay. So I want to just mention my favorite. Maybe I think it was my favorite effect in the whole movie. You might think I'm stupid, 
but when when Steven gets shot in the head, mm. the splatter on the wall, the Phenomenal. whole the whole scene was cut perfectly. Mm-hmm. There were other spots in the movie where you could tell like there was like they 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 cut the film in certain a certain way and it just didn't look right. Right. That one was done beautifully. Mm-hmm. The shot, the 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 whole scene, the cut, the the splatter, it was just now, it would have been cool Beautiful. if they did that. I guess they didn't do it with Roger because they did it with Steven. But Roger's like sitting there with that, pe- actually the best makeup in the movie. Mm-hmm. That pale face. Mm-hmm. Uh, prune face. He looked like a Dick Tracy villain. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there and he's got the blonde hair, the pale sheets, the pale wall. Everything's pale. Yes. Except for his, like that looked like wall. A, looked like a Kubrick yeah. scene. Yes. Yeah. It looked like this. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And I'm like, that's a perfect wall for a head splatter. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did an off shot, an off screenshot. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. But then you get it. Li- I guess you get it you with, get it with Steven. But it's like that. W- that's that room was so peaceful looking. It mm-hmm. was screaming for a headshot. It sure was. Maybe a head. But would roll. you have enjoyed it the same way? Because Roger is such like an endearing underdog character versus Flyboy, who I think by the end of the movie everybody. Probably agrees yeah. he's kind of a douchebag. Douche, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, okay, but he's yeah. got the best zombie and he's walk. also the zombie yeah. that leads them all. Like, he's the betrayer zombie, right? right? He's the Judas who leads them back. I now, actually saw Steven as someone who gained competence through the movie. He did have an arc. He was he just very selfish, arc, but like, he falls short, yeah. and it's well, they're all selfish. Yeah, they're all I mean, think back selfish. to the cigarette scene. Yeah, at the beginning, mm. with the guy who would later. Convince them that they'd be stuck. We'd they'd be, be stuck. stuck. <laughs> We'd be stuck. <laughs> Community theater acting at its best. I love that yes. guy. Uh, nah, I wouldn't say at its yeah, best. Got, got any cigarettes? <laughs> got any cigarettes? Got any cigarettes? Ugh. And then they're all like, "No, no, no, go away!" And then immediately both of them light up. You're just like, oh, "Okay, I see who these guys are now." Like, boom, see, character moment. That has come up a few times. The community theater thing. Not offended by it, <laughs> but. It's not an, a little it's, offended. It's by not it. ex, not an excuse. Like I I have been doing not recently, but I have done community theater for like twenty years, and I've met s- some of the best actors I've ever seen in community theater, if they're directed correctly. So, the talent is there. All you have to do is have a, an aud- audition process with a cold read or not even a cold read. Give them the fucking script and let them learn it overnight. But figure out they can deliver a line. And you'll be set. Like, there's plenty of people that are in acting classes that are in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a big city. You should be able to find. You got Carnegie Mellon College right there. I mean, I'm sure he had an association with Carnegie Mellon. I've read that. So, I mean, you could easily get some top-notch broad. You don't need Broadway actors. You don't want actors that can belt it. But there's plenty of community theater in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, if they put my musical number in, they they would. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I equated it to someone who is who has seen Broadway shows their whole life, and then they have to go watch their niece or nephew in a high school play. Mm. And the whole time they're sitting there going, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god!" Like it, it's worse than that because it's not uh, like when you go to a high school play, you have an ex- expectation, right? What this was was more like, oh, go see this other thing. It's like, 
It's the roots of Broadway. You'll right. love it. Ugh, these roots, they're covered in dirt. I like my trees in the air. And you go there and it's like high school. Well, I was just speaking, like, even even someone like me who has seen, like, when I go watch a high school play, I hate it for the wrong reasons. Because I sit there and I go, why didn't they you just, you why done didn't they so do much. this? It would have cost them $10 and they could have done this, yeah. this, and this. I like, think you do that with the movies. And I do that with movies as well. I think yeah. you just did that mm-hmm. with the 3M blood. Yeah. Yes. You did. And the casting. And the directing. <laughs> and the cutting. <sighs> I think it, it stems from I really wanted to like it. Yeah. You carry a heavy burden, Travis. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist. And I, I, I just, I don't know. When I see it can be done easier and or better and or cheaper and they don't bother, it bothers me. Sure. Especially with a movie, because I'm like, you know, you, you, probably, this, you probably took you nine years of your life to make this movie. Fucking put everything into it. It doesn't have to be financially put everything, but you have to look at that blood and go, mm, mm. Yeah. Doesn't look good. Or at least make the walls darker. Mm. Something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Play with the, uh, film it in, in, in bad film. Figure make it, it out. Make it sketchy. Like, figure it, was, it out. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Do what they did in Texas Chainsaw. Well, I'm sure that was a low-budget film. I mean, it was a Hollywood film, but it was low-budget. You know, when in doubt, make it grainy. Make it dark. Yeah. Don't make it pastel-y. Pastels but, don't work. I mean, if you say that, though, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre will never really look that much better than the Blu-ray. Like, it didn't improve that much with 4K because 16 millimeter has so many limits right. and the exposure was low. Whereas this... A movie may, uh, but again, the Italian influence, right? Shoot it well, shoot it on good stuff, and and it lasts forever. Blown up from thirty five, this movie looks amazing on four K, and it'll probably look good at eight K in ten years when they do it again. But that sounds you're not going to see that on Texas Chainsaw. But sometimes I don't care what it looks like. Yeah, I want it to be good. Mm. So if it's if it looks like it was filmed on someone's iPhone. But it's amazing storytelling and well executed effects. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I have to say I don't I don't really care as much what the movie looks like. Yeah, like I said, I watched Texas Chainsaw on you VHS know, just for the effect of it being grainy. Unless unless we're talking about like I don't know something. I Star Wars comes to mind or something like something that. Something epic. Like, yeah. Yeah, you want to see a good picture, like the Dark best Knight. picture you can. You yeah. want to watch Dark Knight exactly in the biggest screen you can. With the best sound system, yeah, because it was filmed. But a zombie movie, I th- it, but I think of something like uh, like the Blair Witch Project. You know, you don't need the Blu-ray of Blair right. Witch. You don't yeah, exactly. You know, but hey, some people do. Dan does. I look at Blu-ray. <laughs> think about he's gonna get Blair Witch in 8K when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> think about how many people are not working anymore because of high def TV. I never thought about that. But I think of like some actors that just don't look good in high def because oh those kind of people yeah it's like okay yeah I can see every little pore in their face and like I can Ray see Liotta. the surgery they had. yeah Ray Liotta he hasn't done a movie in so, since Blu-rays came out <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there's a lot of actors where just because they don't look right they might be the best actor on the planet mm. but because they don't look good in high def they aren't working right now hmm. that's not right either I no, I disagree don't know if, yeah, I don't know that that's a thing. Uh, as long as Robert Davi's still working, that's not a thing. I love Robert Davi. He's my favorite. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got a lot of pox. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing is, 
keep in mind that when they made this movie, when they made the movies in the 90s, when they made really up until The Matrix mm-hmm. uh, and beyond, uh, everything that was shot on 35 millimeter looked great in the theater. Yeah. Looked better than high def in the theater, if you had a decent theater. So I don't know if I buy that not working because of HD thing. I mean... It's more television than movies, I think. You guys need to get off the television train, man. There's no... I'm, it doesn't lead to anywhere not, but disappointment. I'm not on the television <laughs> train at all. Unless you're talking about HBO, which is not television. 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 It's an Xbox One ad. TV, television. TV. Television. Watch television. TV. 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 TV remote. TV experience. So anyways, what else do we want to talk about about this movie? I, to go back to the... Uh, Zombies abilities, mm-hmm. which I have a big hang up on. He as did well. take away some zombie abilities. They're not completely gone, but he did take them away. He made them more rudimentary. He made them like childlike, almost like Frankenstein. Like Frankenstein is technically a zombie. He's reanimated. Yeah. So they kind of took away the flesh eating, you know, freight trains, and kind of made them into almost like two-year-olds in the body of adults and they're they're still kind of recalling stuff they were doing i'm fine with that like when steve steven was walking around with with the gun in his finger steven like he didn't drop the gun but he wasn't really holding it either right the other guy uh, terrible well they make it a point i mean it's it's a plot device but they say in the exposition that they have these memories Mm -hmm. they can't explain them they can't like evaluate them. They just know that they want to be in the mall. They just know that this gun needs to be in their hand, and they remember, but they don't remember. Right? Yeah, they, they the whole, don't understand. That's the whole reason why Steven gets back to upstairs. Right. Exactly. Because he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't realize why he's banging, like he's pushing on that wall. Mm. Which well, in the Hari Krishna zombie who just. <laughs> You know, you mean wanders, the Moby? <laughs> wanders. Shout out to Megan, her favorite zombie, the my good friend Megan, who is still terrified of the Hare Krishna zombie. I should probably text her a picture right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Megan. Oh man. Although they throw back to that a little bit in uh, Shaun of the Dead, like at the end when they like, yeah, where they figure out that like, hey, like zombies, like the people that are like affected by the zombie thing, like. Yeah, they can still they, like gather still jobs carts. They can do. At, yeah, they can still like <laughs> gather carts and at Walmart, right, and they right. can, you know, whatever. And and what's his name is still like playing Nintendo mm-hmm. in the garage. Like, yeah, they still got something there. Well, that I think they. That's Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is a is a spoof of these three Romero films. The third one being Day of the Deads, which you have not seen yet. Right. So it's nothing new what they did in Sean. It was full. I know homage. Right. So that that commentary goes way back. So like that whole idea. Oh, they they hold their gun. It's in their head. They go shopping. Like it's all about consumerism and this and that. Like I get that. Yeah, whole that commentary. was the message at that point. Yeah. I far more love the, and that's why I think I like Night of Living Dead better. I like the idea of the bikers coming in and being a threat as opposed to commentary on capitalism and and consumerism and all that crap. Like I enjoy the story of people being dangerous. 
stupid people getting killed. You know, Darwinism, all that stuff. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with the trust till I don't trust. That stuff's all good, and I like those tropes, and I will watch those till I die. I love that zombie world. But some of the commentary, I'm just like, like, I think I rolled my eyes a few times watching this. I was just like, come on. (laughs) Well, but George, did you appreciate that awful feeling of, like, empty existence that they had after Roger died? Where they have this moment of safety, and all the zombies inside have been hunted and cleared out, Nature within them all has been defeated. Mm. Nature on the outside is at bay, but Roger is dead. And now it is just sadness and like emptiness and like bleak existence with no future, like yes, ambitions. Like it executes that feeling so well. It, you know, there's four plates at the table. I noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's just like they're in mm. mourning, but like they're safe. And it's like, this is what we wanted, and it sucks. Yeah. Do they establish how far time has gone? Well, they made her much more pregnant, so a few months at least. Okay. I mean, that's something right out of Walking Dead, too. That whole, mm-hmm. they totally pay homage to that. Yep. That whole mentality of this is what we were supposed to do, this is what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And because of my decisions, this is never going to happen. Like they do that constantly. Yeah. So that's I'm cool with that. That. Yeah. But I did commentary. I did notice that Dan, and and uh, then it all comes back. I mean, this consumerism thing. You know where you stand on the the merits of consumerism. But you know I've worked for 25 years. I have two and a half kids. I have a house and a mortgage that's in good shape, and I have a wife who's been with me the whole time. Now what? Mm. It's a big problem. I, I and think, it's still a big problem. I mean, this movie is, what, 50 years old at this point? Yeah. Well, that's the thing with his films. like, And, and anything done in the 70s, it, like, they tackle the big questions that even today we're still talking about. We watched uh, De Palma's Sisters last night, my wife and I. And she just, at one point she goes, wait, what year was this? And I told her, you know, 73. She's like, we're no better. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's like, yeah, still a problem. All of it's still a problem. Can we talk about the A-team music playing when Pete was taking taking things out towards the end? You know, when this... Oh, I, all the music in this movie, with the exception of the awesome but, like, foreboding and scary goblin stuff, uh, is so the opposite of what you expect in every scene. And then the A-team music is so, like, on the so nose. So bad. Mm. <laughs> why like, is it bad? Tell it, me why it's bad. It was bad because it it became just his theme song for that scene. And when they cut away, the music changed. And then they got back to it. When he came out of the, the hatch, it was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, I was almost expecting B.A. Baracus to come out with the mohawk on. Yeah. You know, and it was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like this other movie I saw. It came out about the same time where, like, one guy would be on the screen and it was like, do, 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 do. And then this lady would be on the screen and no. be like, do, 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 Not the same. It's not a score. It was just all of a sudden, out of the blue, this A-team music is playing, this hero music. And it was just corny. It wasn't. What What would sound better when he's out there heroing it up? What What music would you propose they play instead? Just something. 
that's not so just that. <laughs> one of the all the other songs ever written by humankind just in particular not that one song i think travis has given um enough practical ways that this movie could be improved it just seemed out of place like there's just so many things that takes you out of the takes it out breaks yeah. it, it it totally dead pulls you just <laughs> fourth wall broken kind of stuff where you're like okay i was watching a movie now I'm, uh, is this an episode of the office like what's going on like mm. i i don't and i sometimes i don't mind that i don't i don't mind the fourth wall or the conversation with the character to find out what they're thinking at that moment but that's not what i got with the music that that 18 music it i literally almost laughed when you were watching it because i heard it earlier yeah I heard it last night, and I heard it earlier today, and I'm just like, <sighs> now it's almost forgivable because it the whole movie feels it has the same feel that Robocop has, whereas it's just it's it's satire almost. Mm-hmm. So it is forgivable per se if that's what he intended, but I don't know if he did. He had zombies fighting with pies. I know. He I... had a guy taking his own blood pressure. Eaten and then a blood pressure of zero. <laughs> yeah, no. that was very. I'm not sure if he was in on the joke. <laughs> that was very RoboCop. <laughs> oh, I love that part. But I don't so even much. know what that's a what's that satire of though, or is that just? It's corny? not necessarily satire. It's just a gag. <sighs> like, have you ever laughed at a thing? Because that's a thing that you could laugh at. You'd be like, huh? <laughs> zero. His blood pressure is zero. Yes, because there's no heart attached to yeah. that arm anymore. So. But if you think of all the old people, when we were kids, at least, you know, at least when I was a kid, uh, when you were in college. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, you know, you'd see these these old ladies go to the drugstore, and then as part of it, they would sit there and just, just sit in the cuff. Mm-hmm. And it's very, like, strange in a public setting to just like disengage and in front of everybody take a vital sign. It's a strange thing that they were starting in the 70s. Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> so you've probably seen it. Sometimes you want to check and make sure before you get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I'm much older, so. But it's just, it's you know, it's a thing that he noticed as a strange facet of consumer life where you would go to a store and publicly in front of people submit your biometric data to the room like that's weird yeah so he put it in the movie and then then he made a joke out of it that's actually a funny joke but is lost (laughs) it's lost because of the stuff like the pie fight like it's just that would be funny to see like a zombie walking with an arm gone he's got an arm off like they say that in in Shaun of the Dead (laughs) uh and he's dragging behind him his arm with the blood pressure. Th- that's funny, and that's not necessarily bad. It's, n- it's supposed to be funny. It's very yes. clearly supposed to be. Funny. And it's, but it's as long as it's not done comically, it doesn't take you out of it. But if it's funny, still, like Shaun of Dead makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. It, and it's supposed to, but it never takes me out of the story. Mm. Travis, cover your ears, George. I think you should tell him that Shaun of the Dead is also a comedy. I know it's a comedy, <laughs> but it's still better than this. It's also 30 years newer. I know. Hey, but... uh, so the pie fight, though, <laughs> I mean, for real, though, it isn't as out of place as we make it sound with me pointing to it as, as evidence of actual comedy. Uh, because 
it demonstrates with those raiders, right, that they have become so used to life on the road with these zombies that they no longer fear them. Mm -hmm. They let them in with them. They do not take them seriously as a threat anymore. They walk around without their masks on, or at least with their noses poking out, Mm -hmm. because they're not going to live in fear of the zombie horde. Yes. I noticed And that. so, something as silly as, oh, hey, here's some pies. Well, shoot, we're not afraid of these zombies anymore. Let's smack them in the face with some pies. Ha, 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 we're not afraid of you anymore, right? They turn into Kevin from Home Alone. <laughs> well, I'm not afraid anymore, right? Hey, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid anymore. And then they get fucking killed because they didn't take but it seriously see, anymore. And it's still to, a threat. There's a way to do that where you remain a horror movie without being clown show exactly what dan just said is how i took the pie thing yeah but you can do that by simply chaining and or roping two zombies to your biker friends and kind of act like it's like they're fighting with the horde around them and they're not scared you can establish that they're not scared of these you went to zombie bondage really fast (laughs) <laughs> like I feel like you'd thought of that before. Well no, they have No, like sh- make them like doesn't, have a fist fight but have yeah, the zombies the, be the ropes. Doesn't like doesn't do Megan's group do something like that? No, the governor's group does that. The the, the governor's group. They have does the that. they have the fights. But I mean I'm not I say I'm not saying that because Walking Dead did it. I'm just saying I am gonna men in black zap you guys. No. Of the Walking Dead knowledge. Because the they did it better. Period. That, that show they had something to build off of. That's fine, but I'm saying it is a frame of reference. But I'm saying the the movie, the Godfather of of zombie films, didn't think of this, but Walking Dead did. So mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm saying is, if he's the Godfather, he's the God Almighty of zombie films, and you want to establish that these things are dangerous, but these guys are not scared of them. Instead, of turning them into buffoons, turn them into a threat that these guys are not scared of. Yeah. But you turn them into buffoons, so therefore the whole thing is buffoonery. So the bikers are not scary, the zombies are not scary, the scene is not scary, the movie's not scary. Although, hold on. Another thing that I just thought of that they do in Walking Dead started in this movie, using the zombies to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. when they were planning, how are we going to deal with these 20 bikers? And I think there was more than 20 of them. But anyway, how are we going to deal with all these bikers? They were like, well, they're letting them in the bay doors. All we have to do is like lay low and they're going to get swarmed in here. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, that's yeah, something used that. a bunch of times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, I get they would it. Use, they would take a, a box truck. They'd fill it with zombies and then break through a wall. And, and open the, the door. And then open the door. Boom. And boom. That's a it's a it's an a Trojan horse. Yep. So I get it. And that's like I said, it's been it's being done. I as... think I think I'm in just the right spot, Dan. Because I don't worship this movie. And I don't hate this movie either. I see I see where how this movie influenced where the genre went. Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot of warts. It's got a lot of like cringy stuff, but I get it. So I think I'm in a good spot. Word. And you know what's funny? What's funny? Uh, the people making Walking Dead are my age, and I guarantee you a lot of them sat and watched movies like this and went, come the fuck on. This is, <laughs> this is great. This is a great start, but let's, 
Let's do this absolutely. for real. Absolutely. So as much as I sound like a dick and I'm like hating on everybody's favorite movie, you don't get great things without this trash. That's the way I look at it. And I understand why people love this movie because it's whatever it is. But like I said before, if you want to establish that these things are scary and dangerous, then make them scary and dangerous. Don't make them clowns because then nothing works. Like it just becomes, oh, cool, that was a head explosion. That was cool. Oh, cool, they fell from the second floor and exploded. That was cool. Like instead of like actually being in the movie and scared. Yeah, I agree. There's like, you know, there were times when when the zombies were supposed to be scary. And then there was times where they were just like fumbling around and like they were easy to avoid and they were they were a joke. And they needed to be one or the other. Well, they but need do to be they scary. need to be a set value when part of the story itself is the, you know, character growth of our four main leads. So at the beginning of the movie in you know, the, the chaos of the news station and the coming, you know, swarm of zombies that they're all trying to avoid with the helicopter, mm-hmm. the SWAT takedown of the building. The zombies are still scary and they're still a threat, right? Mm-hmm. In the mall at the beginning, Flyboy, one-on-one with a pistol versus a zombie, mm-hmm. that's an actual, like, tense, scary scene. Mm-hmm. But as their abilities grow, the zombies are going to naturally become a different or lesser threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it can be handled seriously. Yeah. With some humor. You Again, I'm not against humor. Believe me. One of my favorite mm-hmm. movies is American Werewolf in London. I know it has humor in it, but it doesn't. <laughs> like, there is humor in a lot of my favorite movies that are scary. There's. But did they mean to put the humor in, or? In what? <laughs> I'm just, of course they did. Of course they <laughs> did. Yeah, they, they did, yeah. They know the pie in the face is funny. In a way. But it's still... But it's not the right kind of funny. Mm. It's not. It's kind of lazy. I, I don't Did know. Did you like the quote at the beginning? Uh, if it's anything like Philly, we may never get out alive. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that quote down for you guys. I thought you'd like that. That's, that's funny. Bad things happen Bad things happen in Philadelphia. But it's true. I mean, <sighs> I just... I don't know. And we can say that because we're from Philly. We're from Philly. And last week you were like, "Oh God, if we if this happened here, we'd have to get out of Philly." <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, you would definitely." <laughs> well, it's because it's overpopulated. Yeah. yeah it's, well, that's oh. why. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why, why Flyboy had to fly out. Yeah, yeah. that's why they didn't stop in uh, what was it, Cleveland, or something. Yep. Yeah. And my all-time favorite line where he says, "I saw it on a map," <laughs> <laughs> looking all smug with jeez <laughs> Louise. He was the best zombie, though. I mean, up to this point, he is the best, most effective zombie actor. Talking about Steven? Steven, Flyboy, oh my. You know who wasn't effective and was featured a number one zombie other than Hamburger Face plaid Don't forget Hare Krishna zombie. No. The extremely uh, innovative effect of the one that gets his head top of his head chopped off in the oh, helicopter. Oh, yes. Oh, that's a cool scene. I know the makeup could use a little oh God, so patent down. He looks a little bit Frankenstein-y with the, that big the, old head on the top. The big old head, it doesn't, like, they they don't even have to tell you what's going to happen. You know that that's going to be an effect. <laughs> because yeah. it looks, he's wearing, a, he's wearing a bad wig and his head's square. Yeah. He steps up on boxes. Like, 
again, why are these things stepping up on boxes and climbing? Like, I just. But would you, would you rather have a movie where you cannot show a man get the top of his head cut <laughs> off by a helicopter? Or would you rather no. see them do the best they can? Yes. They cut the man's head off with a fucking helicopter. Like, that's yes. amazing. I like that. Yeah, they should probably have figured out how to do it without having him climb up on boxes. Well, if they had a lot more money and a lot more time. They're like the Bentonville Ripper, but instead of I being probably too just, much money, too much class, there's no, they've got there's nothing, too much to do and not enough time. <laughs> nothing against having a struggle. Having a struggle. And the blades become the finality of that struggle mm. there's no there's nothing against that it's done it was done in I mean Indiana Jones the Razor Lost Ark was a plane propeller but completely off screen though uh, completely off screen there's a struggle yeah, you and see the splatter blood splatter right. but I mean and they I could have done that but it wouldn't have been no, no, no. I like the cho- top of the head chop but <laughs> get me there Figure it out. Yeah. Get me to that head chop, and I'm on board. Yeah. And they didn't. Like, it could have been better. Like, the whole struggle for the hammer, she's sitting there doing nothing. Like, it, there's, I, I just. Also, he, mm. the hammer was, like, within the length of, like, a finger's length, and he moved towards the hammer, like, four feet, like, three times, and it was still <laughs> at the end of his fingers. I'm like, how did it get so far away? He was right. just cl- right next and to it. And then flat tops in the back, and he's l- literally waddling because he knows it's not his cue yet. So he's waddling, <laughs> and he's waddling, and he's walking real slow. Yeah, it was odd that he didn't become part of the scene before he got his head chopped off. Yeah. It was odd, now that I think about it. But don't let him in. <laughs> Don't let Travis. It listen. It's you. not gonna change my. It's not gonna opinion. change. It's fine. I, I want to hear Travis's opinion on Deuteronomy. Ugh, why? Because I don't think you'd be into that Old Testament garbage. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Dan. Deuteronomy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I might have to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Ah, geez, Louise. So, George. Oh, no, I like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Damn right. George, where do we go from here, man? I don't know. The next George Romero film? The next Romero film hits in 85. Is that so one of the best decades bit... ever? Ugh. Word. Uh, well, you weren't even alive we... yet, were you? <laughs> Dan was. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. You were not. Much like Day of the Dead, I am a product of 85. You were born in 85? I was born in 85, okay. bro. Well, I was 10 and 85 rocked. I was negative three. <laughs> nice. So a uh, couple of things we should probably hit up before we move on, mm-hmm. George. First of all, guns, guns, guns. Guns, guns, guns. 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 This movie had a lot of guns. Mm. Did you notice the uh, the switch in weaponry from modern... Assault rifles mm-hmm. to cowboy guns. Yes. As they built their Alamo. Yes. Mm. The theme continues. They even yes, had the, bull, the bullet uh, bandoliers. They did. They had bandoliers mm-hmm. like motherfuckers. It was crazy. <laughs> yep. Shotguns and shit. And then they had the uh, like an upgraded version of the Winchester. I, I did mm. see a repeater. Winchester repeater. Yeah, I did. Because the one on the, the Winchester's there, it's on the wall, but they pick up like an upgraded one, a Savage 99, I believe is what the internet told me it was. It had a, uh, the one with the scope on it, right? 
Yeah, I thought that was a shame. Yeah. It was the uh, the Les Paul like custom shop with Floyd Rose. guns. Because the guy was like, "Oh, it's a shame. The only people that could actually fire this couldn't afford it, or whatever." Mm. Was no, there no. a reason why he all that armor armory, and he chose like that little twenty two that a a hooker would wear in her garter belt? The Derringer. Yeah, another like Western what? reference. Yeah, that was for him. That was like his cyanide pill, man. Okay, that was his just I... in case. Yes, gotcha. So or like you know maybe he's off. a big fan of uh, Sartana, who used a four shot Derringer. Or maybe that's a a, a reference to uh, Jalo films. Don't they sometimes have those up close guns? No, no. no? But the the spaghetti westerns used them. I mean that yeah, Sartana guy, he had like a little four shot. Derringer type thing that he used, which Usually the I think was a James Bond yeah. reference. Yeah. I don't know. Sartana's an interesting case. You guys aren't familiar with that, I'm sure, but no. it's like before Jalo, like at the height of Spaghetti Western, but it's influenced kind of by James Bond movies. Mm. Very weird. So I think the Derringer in that movie is like a PPK equivalent. Gotcha. Whereas in this movie, the Derringer is his cyanide pill, his just in case. Mm. A lot of guns in this movie, but a lot of like practical choices, really. Once they, they once the M16s are gone, it's just hunting rifles and old time cowboy stuff. Lots of fun. Well, it's all stuff that's available in the mall. Yeah. Right. So it's like revolvers. Not, yeah. Back then, they weren't going to have the M16s. And... So once the once the riot guns were gone, out of bullets, they didn't really have those. But notice he let his M16 go. Just let it go, man. Like, I don't know what they're trying to say there, but mm. it's interesting. It's an interesting statement. I was like, no, you don't <laughs> let that shit go at all. Well, if you don't have any ammo for it, then what do you need it for? Well, we didn't establish that. Because oh, you're not going to find that ammo in the store. I know, but we didn't establish that they didn't have any ammo mm. left. Maybe, maybe if you had established that, yeah, let the gun go. Hence why episode one of Walking Dead is so important when he gets the bag of guns from the police station because you're not going to get ammo for those kind of guns out in the... Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You got to get that from different sources. Unless, of course, your remake of Dawn of the Dead takes place at Walmart, in which case (laughs) you're good. (laughs) That's true. You're good. But definitely not at a shopping mall. You're not getting that. And we should probably briefly take a visit to my favorite corner of the show, which is SWAT Corner. (laughs) (laughs) we've made it to the tv show swat era of blue pajamas and assault rifles and shotguns you need pete's i've been promising this uh (laughs) promising this for a while guys we're here blue pajamas shotguns assault rifles nice yeah mainstream this is the beginning of mainstream swat teams it's not even like not even a thing it's just oh yeah that's philly swat team that's what they do so interesting we've made it there it's 78 so we're later than Dirty Harry. We're not quite to Silence of the Lambs, but we're here. Mm. The Old Testament of SWAT Corner. <laughs> so, George, we talked a lot about how Psycho influenced basically every slasher movie. Mm-hmm. And essentially between Psycho, the in-between stuff, and then Halloween, a genre is created. And then when we talked with Troy a while back, we talked about how Bava comes out with Blood and Black Lace, has some success, but then Bird with the Crystal Plumage comes out, and the slashery Jalo is born, and for five years or so, 
It was all the rage in Italy, and everybody made Jalo because that's what you made. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie Zombie, which you just watched an incarnation of, made lots of money in Europe. And so what happens next? But a bunch of a zombie run movies on Italian zombie movies, mm. each one a little goofier than the last. But Zombie didn't make it on its own. There was a movie in development right around the same time that Dawn of the Dead was being made, directed by the uh, the great rival of Argento, Lucio Fulci. Lucio Fulci. <laughs> and this movie he was directing was originally written for Enzo Castellari, who is one of my favorite action directors. He directed an Italian movie you've never heard of called Inglorious Bastards. And I'm sure nobody ever thought about that movie again. Yep, nobody. Never. Nobody. <laughs> nope, not one person. He also did The Big Racket, which is like one of my favorite movies ever. Not going to make you watch it, but you should because it has Fabio Testi. Greatest name <laughs> ever. Greatest name for the greatest actor. I wonder what his wife's Test- name is. <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't know. I don't know that you can chain down a Fabio Testi, man. Yeah. He might run a, free. You know what I mean? But anyway. So this movie, developed for Enzo Castellari, handed off to Lucio Fulci, who himself, Fulci, was an excellent Giallo director, just as good as Argento, like, on the same level. Fantastic director, anyway. Gets a hold of this script that involves a different twist on maybe something more based on traditional zombies, maybe a little Night of the Living Dead, maybe based on some leaks from the Argento camp as to what might be coming with Dawn of the Dead, maybe. You could make an argument, but I, I've never seen evidence to that. Either way, he's bringing a zombie movie to market right after Zombie. Now, you guys know how the Italians were with copyrights in the 70s. George, what did he call his movie that came out right after Zombie? Night of the Living Dead. Zombie 2, you're right. <laughs> zombie 2. Without the E. So, what you have won for next week, uh, George, is a fantastic movie. The movie that brought me into Italian horror because I'd seen Dawn of the Dead and I'd seen Night of the Living Dead and I found a movie at Best Buy. All it said on the front cover was zombie with an E. That's all it said. And I thought, this is a movie called Zombie. It's got a zombie on the cover. Sold. How bad could this be, right? Come to find out, in Italy it was known as Zombie with no E too. Marketed as a sequel to Zombie with no E, the one you just watched, Dawn of the Dead, but without asking for permission to make it Zombie 2. Okay. So it's a weird, got a lot of weirdness coming up, man. Okay. I don't know if you're ready. I don't know if Travis is ready. Oh, Travis is going to hate this. I don't know. It's got a decent English dub. You can watch it in English. (laughs) You don't have to watch it with subtitles. Uh, Why? Oh, man. Uh, oh, I'm excited. It's got a good score. Travis Travis is going to quit the podcast. <laughs> no, he's not. There's no, boobs not. in this I, one. He'll like it. I enjoy doing this. I don't mind. I don't want to agree on everything. I don't. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good. It, it hurts me when you don't like something that I like, and I'm sure Dan doesn't give a shit if I don't like something he likes because <laughs> he's not like me and he doesn't yeah. care what people think. Um, I do. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. No. So I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, if I like something, or if I don't like something, and you do, I think we're good. Yeah, it makes makes the world go round. 
you're in for a treat next week, Travis. Okay. I can't wait. I do <laughs> own it. I, I've never seen it in its entirety. So this will be another version of Travis. Is there a musical number in likes? this one? What's that? Is there a musical number in this one, Dave? I hope it's not. It's got a good score. Okay. It also, oh, I can't tell you. Do the main characters like bond like they're in like Top Gun in this one? Could be my wingman. <laughs> Is there any shirtless volleyball? <laughs> oh, well, there's a lot of shirtless. I don't know if there's a lot of volleyball. Really? Mm. But anyway, um, it's the Italians, man. I What's up? Wonderful. So the other thing, George, uh, I don't know that as much as I love this movie, I don't know that I could give you like an unbiased chance. Like Dawn of the Dead, you'll like or you won't like, whatever. It's a choice you got to make. But I'm not sure that I could let you not like Zombie 2. Okay. So, to make things more fair for you and to make things more fair for Travis, we're going to bring in a little bit of extra help on this one. Oh. So, next episode, we'll see the return of one Mr. Troy Howarth. Stop it. He's, he's got some things to say. <laughs> okay. Just like- and hopefully he can... Keep me reined in so I don't just fawn over the movie for an hour and a half. Because mm. you will uh, do that. Just don't tell them I, how I felt about Dawn of the Dead. Because <laughs> I don't feel like being lectured. <laughs> uh. Oh, <laughs> That's what's up, dude. There you go. I'm excited to have Troy back. Yes. Zombie 2. So uh, we'll see you all back here for the Spring Outbreak Episode 3. Episode two, do we count Night of the Living Dead as part of the outbreak? I don't know. It's the dawn of the outbreak, but it's the Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class podcast, Spring Outbreak. You can join us on Twitter and Instagram at, at RemedialFilmPod. You can email us at RemedialFilmPod at gmail.com, or you can see us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RemedialFilmPod, or facebook.com slash groups slash remedial film pod where you can find the extra credit discussion group and join us next time for lucio fulci's zombie or zombie 2 or zombie flesh eaters or las muertos vivientes or perhaps sanguelia by any name it's just as fucked up hey george any idea why it's not dawn of the living dead Wait, say that again. Why is it Dawn of the Dead and, and not, not Dawn, Dawn of, of the, the Living, Living Dead? Dead? Ooh. Um, I might. I, I think I know. Don't tell him. I'm not going to tell him. We just need him to be thinking about that. In a world where we are about to watch Zombie Part 2, but not officially, right? Why is Dawn of the Dead not Dawn of the Living Dead? George, what the heck? Should I know? In a world. Probably not, no. <laughs> Do you know? I know, but I'm not going to talk about it. Cause I, not yet. I, I'm curious, because I, I have a thought, but I'm sure it's probably wrong. <laughs> well, let's not, let's not talk about it until the time comes, and then we'll see how wrong we okay. all are. All right, sounds good. Yay. Yeah. All right, we'll see you guys Yay. back here soon for Zombie 2 slash Zombie, the Fulci one. The Fulci one.